thank you guys. That's a big question, right? What do you guys think is the largest threat to the church today? Any ideas? Apathy? Okay. Anything else? Oh, who's our Savior, Lord and Savior? Jesus Christ. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's okay to talk in church. It's cool. And so, what do you guys think is the biggest threat to the church today? Yeah. Lack of action. All right. Anything else? I want to give you guys an idea. I believe that the largest threat to the church today is disappearing. I believe that the largest threat to the church today is that it's disappearing. For example, in 1980, 40% of America said that they attended church regularly. 40%. But in 2007, that number was 17. Okay, so I won't go like this. If I ever make an awkward move like that, that just means move along. And so, you guys would move along. Okay. 1980, 40% of the church uh, was in there. In 2007, the number was down to 17%. Over half. Over half in, what is that? I hate it when I make myself do math. 27 years. 27 years, over half of the people stopped attending. And that was 10 years ago. I wonder what the numbers would be today. I don't know about you, but that kind of worries me. That makes me... Uh, uh, upset. That makes me scared. If 20 years or in 30 years we have cut in half, I wonder what will happen in the next 10, 20 years. Will we cut again? Will we disappear altogether? They always tell us that, that the church is one generation away from being extinct. And I don't know about you guys, but I hope that that's not mine. I hope it's not my generation that makes that happen. And so we ask ourselves, why? Why are we disappearing? You think about what the church talks about today. You think about what you hear in media, in TV. What do, what do people say about the church? Well, I know that the church says things about, church says things about this, right? Church has a lot to say about that. The church has a lot to say about this. Right? Church has a lot of stuff to say about gay pride. The church has a lot to say about, uh, uh, pro-life. The church has a lot to say about the secularization of America. But I think that the reason that the church is disappearing is because we have turned from a church of walkers into a church of talkers. See, at some point, we decided that it is easier as a church, and when I say church universal, I'm talking about everyone that considers themselves a Christian. When there was some point, I'm going to say it was 1987, I don't know, I don't know because I like to make up numbers. I'm going to say that in 1987, the church decided to go from taking care of people, loving people, and action into throwing money at problems. See, we became, it became so much easier to just throw money at a problem, and hope that it went away, right? Isn't that easier to do? We, we ended up just saying, instead of me actually doing something, I'm going to just pay for somebody else to do it. But as we have learned in that mentality that 
That doesn't get rid of problems, that just causes more expensive problems. I present to you James 2, 14-17. It says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, Someone claims to have faith but has no deeds, can such a save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. I believe that it is time we live out the faith we proclaim. See, we all sit here and understand this is so easy for me because I know I don't have to come back next Sunday. And so if y'all get mad at me, I'm okay with that. But maybe, maybe if somebody listens or maybe if something happens and then when Tim comes back, you guys are ready to work. You're ready to move in the lives of the people that desperately need you. So I think it is time we live out the faith that we proclaim. If we sit here in these pews and if we call ourselves Christians, they know we are Christians by what? By our love. They know we are Christians by our love. And love is action. Love is moving. Love is changing the lives of people, not just throwing money hoping things go away. And so what does that mean for us today? What does that mean? Well, I want to present to you another verse from James. It's James 1.27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after widows and orphans in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. We are called to care for the widows and orphans. Now, I understand most of you guys are like, I don't need to listen to this, right? I wonder what's happening on Facebook. I wonder what's going on. I wonder if I can crush some candy. That's what I like to do. And so, I want you to know that I don't want to lose you. Okay? I don't want you to think that this is not your problem. See, when we're talking about what God calls us to do, when we're talking about caring for the widows and orphans, that is all of ours problem. It's all of ours concern. And so, don't, don't lose me when I say that we are to call to care for the widows and orphans. I want to give you a statistic that really touched my life. There are currently 100,000 children in need of adoption, and there are 300,000 churches in America. I've been a pastor for a good long while. I graduated MCC in 2009. Uh, was at Soldier Christian Church for a while, was at Whiting for a while. But I also work at KVC, it's a behavioral agency, it deals with foster kids, it deals with taking care of the broken people in the world. And I always looked for an opportunity to join those two uh, passions in my life together. How can I preach the good news and also uh, get people motivated to care for the widows and orphans? And this is the this is the statistic that did it. Think about that. If if one family out of every three churches in America took care of the widows and orphans like we were told to do, maybe there wouldn't be a foster care system, right? We're always told the system is broken. We're always told that that 
uh, uh, foster care is bad, that people don't care, that, that the system is broken and unwilling to change. And I present to you that maybe because the wrong people are in charge, if we as Christians cared for the widows and orphans, if we were walkers, not talkers, maybe this wouldn't exist. Maybe KVC wouldn't exist. Maybe foster care wouldn't exist. You think, oh, 300,000 churches, all of that's got to be in New York and California, right? That's not in Kansas, right? Foster care isn't a Kansas problem. Well, uh, currently there are over 7,000 kids in foster care. In Donovan County, there's over 40. You think, well, 40 is not too bad, right? Well, still, think about that. How big is Donovan County? I'm not for sure. There's only two or three towns in Donovan County, and out of those two or three towns, there are 40 kids that aren't living at home. There are 40 kids that that are struggling. There's 40 sets of parents or single parents or, or grandparents that are struggling and hurt and lost. But you think, well, surely somebody will take care of them, but there's only like five foster homes. It's only five. Five, maybe seven, if you count relatives. So I would ask you, if you're asking those five foster homes to take care of 40 kids, that's eight kids apiece. That's a lot of kids for somebody to take care of. It's a lot of kids for someone to take care of. Now I know that maybe you're upset. I know that maybe you're thinking, um, he's going to make me do something I don't want to do. He's going to ask me to do something I don't want to do. I love my free time. I love being able to do my things. I already took care of kids. I already did these things. I already, I already, 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 already. Right? That's how we feel sometimes. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that's the case. But when we are called by God and He tells us that the, one of the greatest things we can do is care for the widows and the orphans. And yet, here we are today. Here we are, sitting with 7,000 children in Kansas without a home, without a place to be safe, without a place to call someone father, without someone that can meet their daily needs. We're not even talking about Playstations and Xboxes. I know, I see you guys. I feel your pain. I love them too. It's okay. But we're talking about people meeting daily needs. Food, clothing, shelter. Right? This isn't, this isn't the land of Xboxes. This is a land of peanut butter and jelly. The kids are not getting. The kids are lost. And so I want to share with you some misconceptions of foster care. Today we call it foster care. 20 years ago they called it orphans. Before that they called it uh, lost children. But today that's what we're talking about. Misconceptions of foster care. Because I know I've sat where you sat. I know people say, oh, uh, that's not for me. Or, oh, there's so many reasons. And so I just wanted to give you some of the highlights of the reasons people give that why they don't do what we're called to do. The first one, I will become too attached. I will become too attached. I don't know about you, but when you really sit there and think about, when you really sit there and think about what that means, that means that I'm afraid I'm going to love a child too much to love them at all. 
how, how, does, how does that even work? How does that even make sense? I'm going to love a child too much, and so I don't want to love them at all. Who here is a parent? Who's a parent? Raise your hand. Parent, moms, dads, people that raise kids. There's a lot of them. How many hope that their children never leave their house? What? Get out of here. What? No. Oh, so all you guys want all your kids to leave sometime? What's the difference? <laughs> True that, sister. True that. But I may become too attached. If it's okay for your own kids to leave your house one day, what's the difference? Well, the difference is that there's a child over here that doesn't have a family, that doesn't have someone that loves them, that keeps them safe. They're all alone. Cares if you get attached. That's what we're supposed to do, right? Love one another. Next misconception. It takes a special person. Maybe, maybe, because that guy is so he's special, Ed, really. But no, it, I, I've been a foster parent for eight years, maybe, and, it, and I'm telling you, it doesn't take anybody special. I'm not special. I'm just a guy that makes dumb jokes and talks loud sometimes, okay? It doesn't take anybody special. What it takes is someone willing to open their heart. What it takes is someone willing to say, I'll do that. Someone willing to put forth effort. Someone willing to stand in, in the front of this sea of lost children. That's what it takes. Someone that wants to make a difference. Someone that is tired of the apathy that plagues our nation. I am so sick of people saying, I don't care. I'm so sick of people saying, I don't care. We can rail about those pictures I had before. People love talking and arguing about things that don't make a difference. People are so pro-life. What about whole life? What about whole life? If, If people are so concerned about what happens before a baby's born, you can't stop there. You are not allowed to proclaim pro life if you are not willing to be whole life. Because there's a sea of children that would say that they are hypocrites. That say that those people are even liars if they pray if they proclaim to be pro-life and not whole life. Does it take somebody special? People say it's forever. It's forever. And if you go with the other one, I might become attached. Sometimes it is forever. Sometimes it is. I'm not going to lie. I always tell people, well, you foster, and, and if, they, if they go back to their parents, then it feels right. And that's what feels like should happen because that's what they're called to do. Mothers are supposed to be mothers. Fathers are supposed to be fathers. Fosters are meant to help them get there. Okay, But I'm also going to tell you that 87% of kids go back home in 18 months. Okay, It's not forever. It's for a little while. See, we get, we get these conclusions that, oh, this takes forever. Oh, it takes forever. Oh, they never go home. That's not accurate. It's just that some of the people that you talk to tell you these things, right? People say that it takes forever because in their one instance, in this one situation, 
it took longer than 18 months. That's not true. The statistics tell us kids go back home. That's what, that's what KVC's desire is. That's what everybody's desire is, is for kids to go back home. It's what they're supposed to do. They just need help. Next one. They're broken. Kids in foster care are broken. Kids sitting there not knowing what to do, not knowing where to go, not knowing what their future holds. I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what the future held for me. Spoiler alert, we're all broken. Right? We're all messed up. We're all lost. We're all struggling. Hard times are real in these dusty fields of our lives. All of us have loss. All of us suffer. All of us are going through situations that we don't appreciate, that we don't like, that we don't want to have happen. You know, think of, you know, I'm going to say uh, uh, Dave, you know, uh, the young man that died a couple weeks ago or whatever. He has two kids. What if his support system didn't support those people? Those kids could be in the system, right? What if Dave was a, 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 a single dad and then he passed away? Those kids are in the system. Are they broken? Yeah, they just lost their dad. Does that mean that nobody should care and they're just a number and that they're just part of that ocean of 7,000 that people like to ignore? Oh man, they're just kids. They lost their dad and have nowhere to go. That's reality. That's truth. We are all broken. And so I tell you, maybe it's time that we stop making excuses and start living out the faith we proclaim. Maybe it's time we stop making excuses and live out the faith that we proclaim. And so how do we do that? I hate to bring something up and not have solutions because that's no fun, right? I was always told that if you if you have an issue, you better have a solution to that problem or you're just complaining, right? And so I'm not just sitting here complaining. I'm not just sitting here saying, oh, what are we going to do with this sea of children that nobody seems to care about? We have things that we can do, and it's this little fun thing. I'm sure you guys have seen it around, right? If you can't, if you can't adopt, foster. If you can't foster, sponsor, volunteer, donate, educate. Sidebar, you guys have not had words on here this whole time. I don't know about you, but stuff like that drives me crazy. It's the OCD in me, right? Thank you for me bringing that down. It scared me a little bit. but There are options for us to go into, right? There are things... That you can do. Maybe you think, I want this kid and I do want this kid forever. If I'm going to open up my heart and my home, I don't want them to leave. You can do that. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, eh, I don't know if I want to make a forever commitment, but I do care about kids enough to open them into my home and give them a safe place to stay. You can do that. One of the things that you can do is called respite, and that's a funny word. But what it does is it gives people that, that are foster parents all the time, 24-7, that gets tiring, and so you want to give them a break. That's what respite's called, right? When Who's our young parents here? Raise your hand if you're a young parent. See, raise your hand if you ever sent your kids to grandma's because you want to rip your hair out sometimes, right? 
Yeah, respite is sending foster kids to grandmas. They don't have to be grandmas, but if you're a grandma and that was what you want, we can do that. If you can't, you can sponsor, you can volunteer, you can educate, you can help people. You can be a voice for the kids that nobody listens to. Be pro-foster. And I know that you guys are, and that's why I wanted to come here this morning, because you all got this thing over there, it's called Caden's Closet. And I've seen some awesome looking flyers over there, and so I hope you all take one of those if you haven't yet. And so Caden's Closet is this thing that says, we're going to support foster parents by giving them the things they need. Because you know what the saddest picture in all the world is? It's a kid showing up at your door with a trash bag. All their life is in a trash bag. All of their belongings, all of their family, all of their hopes and dreams stuffed in a trash bag showing up to your door. 9.30 at night. It breaks your heart. What breaks your heart more is that this kid shows up with this trash bag. You say, ah, oh, he ain't got no underwear. He ain't got no socks. He ain't got no clean clothes. He ain't got nothing but these few things in a, in a, in a stuffed teddy bear. And so then you ask the foster, well, you got to supply that stuff. And it's like, well, things are a little tight. I work social worker and I'm a pastor. And so you guys know that I'm poor most of my life. And so you go over there and you, you, you have this opportunity to get something from Caden's closet. So you guys as a church, you see the direction, you see the need. But this morning I'm asking you to go a step further. This morning I'm asking you to get your hands dirty. Because Caden's Closet is amazing, but we can throw money at that. I'm not asking you to throw money. I'm asking you to open your hearts and your homes. If you are worried about the largest threat that the church has is that it's disappearing, if that concerns you, then maybe it's time that we stop talking and start walking. Maybe it's time that we understand that the religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after the widows and orphans in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. If you care about the church disappearing, then one thing you can do is care for the widows and orphans. Now I'll leave you with this. I'm going off pictures and so if i trail forgive me i won't though i've told you the need we desperately need foster homes five in a county is not okay we have a need because kids are precious in the eyes of god right it's like we're sitting there asking him are we going to be disciples that say get away from jesus kids you know get out of there you don't need to bother him he's a busy man what did jesus say no, let those children come to me, right? And I've given you an outlet to do that. Foster care, whatever. There's stuff in the back that y'all can talk about and get and whatever. But I want to leave you with why. Why do we do this? Because it's amazing. Because it's life-changing. I don't know about you, but but there was a time where I could envision... My kids, I have two kids that are my blood or whatever. And they could have grown up pretty spoiled. They could have grown up 
being brats. They could have been grown up being jerks to other kids. But situations in our life led us to open our hearts and homes to some other kids that had nothing. There's a girl, she was taking care of, there's five of them, sisters and siblings and whatever, there's five of them, and they had to go outside and they had to, they had to eat grass because there's no food in the home. And this is America, this is in Top Town, USA. They were doing that and they were removed. She bounced around and she did these things and she was broken and she was lost and she was hurt. And she had reactive detachment disorder and if you all are in that circle, you all know that's a big deal, whatever. But it took some time and now the biggest concern she has is her grades probably. It's getting along with her brothers and sisters. See, I adopted her. We adopted her. Now she has a home. And she's loved. Her story could have been tragic. Her story would have been something that nobody even would have heard because she's just another kid that nobody loves or cares about. But now she has future. Now she has hope. Now she has love. I could tell you other stories like that, but I don't need to. What I want to tell you is that if you care about children, if you call yourself these things, Christian, child lover, people that that want to make a difference, then do it. The time for talking is over. If we as a church do not start walking, we're lost. It's all lost. Right? Because we all grow old. It seems like I grow older every day. Come on, guys, that's a good joke, right? Come on, I grow older every day. Come on, I know this is a heavy topic. I know that know that it feels like there's probably a thousand pounds on your shoulders right now a little bit because it's a little hot in here and I'm sitting here rambling on and talking, but I want you to know that this is a moment of joy. This is a moment where we can actually change the lives of people. Right? We're not here to just sit and live life. We're here to make a difference. We're here to change the lives of people. You know the easiest lives to change? A kid. A kid because they're a blank slate. We can show them a different kind of life if you're willing. Pray with me, please. Holy and blessed Father, we come to You this morning and we thank You so much for this day. We thank You for the opportunity to do what You tell us to do. We thank You for the opportunity to be who You desire us to be. Lord, I pray that You put it on the hearts of every person in this room, including my own, to do what it takes to care for this sea of children. Lord, I pray that You will put it on our hearts to be everything that You want us to be. Lord, set straight the path that is in front of us so that we can proclaim Your love through loving others. Lord, it's in Your holy and blessed name, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for this opportunity.